You're now experiencing the AJ Nashville podcast. Real people, real problems, real success stories. Hey guys, Alex here, AJNashville.com. So today's podcast, first of all, it's Monday. It's the end of the month for most of us. I know there's that stress of the month end. Got to get your deals in, get everything signed, get everything closed. Obviously, if you were going to close anything this month, it should have already been in, signed, executed, CD out, ready to close. But who knows? So anyway, sitting here with Hi, Jeff. Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Microphone's working a lot better today. We had some issues with last week or the last time that you were on. Your microphone sucked. It looked like something wasn't plugged in right or I don't know. But hopefully it's better this time around. So today's podcast, I want to do something that is kind of something that I always deal with this problem is judging a book by its cover. You don't have problems. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Um, But seriously, judging a book by its cover. And what I mean is... You see somebody, you assume something about them, and you kind of carry that that thought. In some cases, people carry that thought immediately and always. And other people carry that thought, and it changes as they get to know somebody. I'll give you a great example. We were in Jonathan's yesterday, sitting down, getting something to eat because we were out and about with the kids. And these five, six, seven biker guys, they come waltzing in. You know, full uh, vest and everything. They even had a prospect in the back. And I, you know, being in the motorcycle arena, I know what prospects and vests and everything else look like. So these people walk in and and you can see people just kind of staring at them, you know, and there's this look like here's these fucking dirt bags, you know. And Shannon says, they all kind of looked alike. And I looked at them I'm like, fuck, they do. Like, literally, they looked alike. They were just. Tall, short, big, small, but all of them, like their haircuts and everything looked alike. I said, yeah, but here's the funny thing. There's, you know, Bill, the speech pathologist, and there's Jim, the doctor, and there's Chris, the veterinarian. You know, you mean like on that movie Road Hogs? Yeah, 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 exactly. Just like that, where you look at these people and the immediate assumption is, oh, man, here's these dirt balls. Here's these fucking these mechanics or these jobless hillbilly thugs or whatever it may be, but you don't realize that a lot of times those people are just like you and I. I mean, they, they you know, Baca, for example. Baca is a motorcycle club. It's Bikers Against Child Abuse. It's a, a club that I absolutely love and 110% support because obviously people that are kids, you know, kids, they need protection. These bikers, that's what they stand for. And so you look at them, and you look at bikers, and you're like, oh, my God, these here's some dangerous people here. And bikers are intimidating, let's face it, like real bikers, not your fucking oh, punk dude. ass, you know. Yeah. You know that one that I was showing you? I think, where were we? We might have been in California, and I showed you that one clip of that horrible like thing where they were chaining up that one guy and all that, that biker club where they were uh, torturing that one other dude. I don't remember it. It's been a little while. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist, obviously, but I just don't remember it off the top of my head. But either way, you know, the big thing is, is people look at bikers and they're like, oh, you know, these people are, it's this or it's that. And at the end of the day, these people do the same thing that we do for a living, you know. And when I said punk ass little bikers, I'm talking about the, like the wannabes that you, you get up to a stoplight and they're sitting there and they're, they're on their motorcycle and they're like, nee, 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 nee. you know, they're winding it out. They want to make a bunch of noise. They're the guys that are doing wheelies from like one red light to the next one, you know, they hurry up and get to the next light. 
um, the people that think they own the road. You know, and, and I've been a motorcyclist for fucking ever. Like, as long as I can remember, hell, you used to ride motorcycles too. Uh, and I say used to. The passion's still in my blood, but the common sense part of me says, hey, you can't do this because if you do, there's a chance that you can get killed. And what do my kids do then? You know, I was out and about yesterday. Here's the, here's the funny thing. So Shane and I, we get the kids, we leave. Bikers are still in there. We actually walked past a couple of them. Lincoln's like walking through like, what's up, bitch? You know, that kind of attitude. He's just waltzing through with his seven up in his hand. And I'm like, huh, let's go, let's circle around the building on the way out. There wasn't a fucking motorcycle in that building. But she made a good point. She's like, I bet they parked over at Harley and then walked over. They're probably getting something done, which makes sense, you know. Nobody wants to leave their bike in a parking lot sitting there where people are going to mess with it or something like that. So they probably did that. But, um, and I was like, oh, I should get another motorcycle. I should get a Harley. And she's like, why? I was like, you're right. Because I would get it and I wouldn't like it. It's not my style. It's not me. I haven't hit that age of maturity yet where I don't want to go fast on something, <laughs> which is the exact reason why I don't need a motorcycle as much as I'd love to have one. You know, it has nothing to do with, oh, well, you could still go out and have fun. No, I, I got to think about my children. Like, I still have motorcycle gear. Lincoln lost my keys this weekend. You want to talk about nerve-wracking? I just got that case, that AJ, a, ADT, AJT case. It was like 30 bucks. Don't tell Shannon. And I put it on the key fob. So there's a $30 piece on the key fob. Lincoln loves it because it's bright white with blue screws. So he thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. He always he keys, keys, keys. And so I let him play with them because I'm trying to be a good dad. Night progresses. I look and I'm like, hey, where's my keys? Uh, Link, you look at Lincoln. And he's like, keys. And I'm like, where are they at? He's like, keys. <laughs> Here's beating a dead horse. <laughs> I literally turned the house, not literally, figuratively, turned the house upside down for three hours looking well, for Well, now, these wait keys. a second. <clears throat> so when Alex says he turned the house upside down, this is a literal thing. The other thing is is <laughs> fitting a couch upstairs. Oh, my God. When somebody says you can't fit a couch upstairs, Alex will get it done. Sometimes it happens with a Sawzall, though. <laughs> and we did get it upstairs. We just didn't get it into the room it belonged in. This is true. And my only point was they told me I couldn't, and I was going to show them I could. And honestly, I could have. In the way we carried it down the stairs, I could have easily carried it in that room, and it would have fit in that room. <laughs> now, for those of you that are listening that haven't seen the pictures, this was a couple years back. That couch was cut to quite a few different little small pieces. Yeah. Quite a few. That, that couch, when we carried it downstairs to get rid of it, we carried it like a log. You know, it was just kind of rolled up. <laughs> I mean, there it was pretty any, bad. There wasn't nothing I didn't cut up of that couch. So, yes, I turned the house upside down. Even Shannon got into it, and she's like, I'll look in the toy box. Because the next morning I get up, and I'm like, we're fucking flipping this house over until I find these keys. Because I knew they were in the house. So she dumps out the toy box. I go in the laundry room. I'm looking around. You know how it is when you have an area that you keep clean, but you don't really deep clean it all the time. So I'm looking, and I'm like, they could be under the washer. They could be under the dryer. They could be behind, be behind the dog kennel. I look everywhere. They could be in the fish tank, sump, no, down below. No, they can't be in there because I lock that, <laughs> or else they would. So I'm looking everywhere, and I'm cleaning as I'm going. My laundry room is spotless. Like, it's cleaner than it was when we bought the house, believe it or not. So I keep going. I keep wiping things up. I pull the fridge out. 
I haven't pulled the fridge out since we bought the house. It was a little messy, a little bit. In the, in the process, I broke my ice maker. I don't know what's wrong with it. It's, it just doesn't produce ice anymore. So me moving it, I vacuumed, you know, the little vent thing that's on the backside? Yeah. Had dust all over it, so I vacuumed it off. I'm like, oh, the fridge should work so much better now. As I'm pushing it back, I hear ching ching. I'm like, oh, that's my keys. I reach up underneath there. I can feel a key. I lift up the bottom little, you know, the, the, the plastic, plastic piece. piece. Yeah, I actually had to lift that up to pull my keys out from underneath there. So now I hide my keys from Lincoln. So, yeah, that wasn't a fun, fun day at all. That's I, what you did most of the day yesterday? That's what I did for a good part of the morning. Wow. That's what I did most of the night, Saturday night. This is what you do when you have children, you know? <laughs> You're like, hey, where's my keys? The, the biggest one is I hope it doesn't ever lose my BMW key. At least I had a spare key for the truck. The BMW, when that key goes missing, I'm screwed. But luckily I have a buddy of mine, Mitchell. He's down in, in southern Alabama. He runs a, a smaller car lot. And I hit him up today, and I was like, dude, do you have any extra keys? He's like, yeah, man, I, I've got bunches of them. I will send you some. And I offered to pay. He hasn't said anything about me giving him any money on it or not. I'm more than willing to pay for it because it saves my keys. But that's not something he's – he hasn't said, all right, give me 50 bucks, you know, or whatever. Right. But anyways, I steer off topic. Back to judging people. So you've, you've been with me when I – I mean, I'm a pretty laid-back guy. You know, I, I wear shirt, <laughs> shorts, T-shirt, flip-flops. Oh, when if we're we, talking about appearance, yeah. Well, yes, yes. Well, fuck you. <laughs> um, but take, for example, the other day in The Fainting Goat, we sat there and we went with Matt Bogosian, the local yeah. real estate agent, and also Jill Baxter, Baxter mm-hmm. who runs and co-owns Southern, what is it? Southern, Southern, Life, Life. Southern Life Chiropractic. Yeah, here awesome people. Awesome people over there, by the way. But... They run that, and we were sitting there and talking about the health of the economy and the housing industry and all those other things. And I could tell that there's, you know, when we're having that type of educated conversation, people don't expect that to come from me. When people look at me, I was in the barbershop one time, and I had a suit and tie and everything on. You know, this was years ago. And I'm I'm tattooed, you know. If, if you haven't seen the fact that I'm tattooed, I would be fucking greatly amazed that you don't know that by now. But so I have tattoos arms, legs, everywhere. And the biggest thing is, is when people see that, they get more relaxed around me than when I'm suited up. So I'm sitting at this barber shop, and this is a barber shop that I used to go to the hood to get my hair cut. Like so we're talking up. a real like a real barber shop. Yeah, like not open on Sunday, not open on Monday, straight not, razor, yeah. straight hood. Like, real deal, you know? But here I am, Mr. White Guy, in a suit and everything, and I'm in this barber shop. And Vic, the barber at that time, he says, all right, man, come up here. You know, I had made friends with this guy. It's, it was a place I used to go to all the time, every two weeks, like clockwork, to get my hair cut. He calls me up, and I, I have a tank top underneath, you know? So I take off the suit coat, and then I unbutton the dress shirt, and I'm in my tank top. This is back when I was in shape where I didn't care. I was like, yeah, check this out. <laughs> and this guy from the other end of the fucking place is like literally out loud. He's like, damn, bro. I thought you were straight laced as fuck until you took your suit and tie off. I'm like, thanks, man. You know, so instantly the the look of tattoos, because I went from dress, you know, dress clothes and everything else to being who I am which is some tattooed up dude, but all my tattoos have meanings, just so you guys know. 
suddenly I was different in his eyes than I was before. So there was some probably holding back a character and everything joking around because I probably looked like this asshole businessman. <laughs> and I am. But, and I'm smart and I'm educated when it comes to that stuff. But I'm just a regular person. You know, a lot of multimillionaires that I, I personally know, you would never know they're multimillionaires sitting there, you know, at a restaurant, at a stoplight. Hell, the owner of our company, Myatt, for the longest time, he had a Lexus SUV that the AC didn't even work in. You know, and it, it, this was a 10-year-old truck, and he drove it around like it was a billion-dollar Rolls Royce. I don't even know if they make billion-dollar Rolls Royce. But you would never think when you see this man. He used to go and speak at the prison and because he was a Knights of Columbus. So he'd go speak at the prison and stuff like that and help educate some of the prisoners. And nobody, I guarantee, there would sit there across from this man and say, this is a multi-multi-multi-millionaire. Right. You know? And that falls into a lot of the other things that we do. You know, especially in our business where I've had people that, hey, you know, I, I need to buy a home and you run their scenario and everything else and none of it meshes well. You know, the credit's good, but the income's kind of mm -hmm. low, no down payment, things like that. But they still want to buy a home. Yeah. And if we don't ask them that question of, hey, do you have anyone that's willing to give you the down payment? How many people have we had where they're like, oh, yeah, my aunt, she's got, you know, 40 grand sitting aside for me to buy this home or something like that. And most people would look at it, flip the page and go on to the next person. Quite a few. Yeah. Quite often at that, you know, but it's, it's judging everything on the surface. You know, I had a buddy of mine that this weekend, this was kind of, this is one of those things that are, you read this and you're like, fuck, I didn't realize this guy was going through this type of thing. And I'll leave his name out, but I want to read this post that he put up because this is what people go through. It says, well, I didn't want to post this really. I just want to get this out of my head. I've come to an end where I need to make some readjustments in my life. I'm going to have to going to have to delete certain people out of my life. Be done with the negative bullshit. Move the fuck on for the better things. I can't even get a girlfriend because I'm ugly. Why do I have to be so ugly? Why judge someone on how they look? It's like you've never even met me. Some chicks will look at you differently because I am hearing impaired and have a hearing disability. I was born deaf. It's not like you have to judge. It's not like I judge you on how fucking fat you are or how ugly you are or whatever. <laughs> Jeez. It just makes me frustrated sometimes. I guess, I guess that's how life is being ugly. Now, granted, he said maybe some questionable things on the end, you know, like I judge how fucking fat or ugly you are. But the message is very clear. This is a person whose self-esteem has been impacted by the way people view him or the way people judge him based on surface things. And pretty much all his life, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> now he is hearing impaired. Right. I never knew that. Honestly, I've now I think I've met him in person maybe a few times, but based on Facebook life and everything else, I would have never guessed he was hearing impaired. Right. You know, he's just a cool dude that um, he's down to earth. You know, he has an extreme passion for what it is he does for a living. He has an extreme passion for motorcycles. Yeah, he's just a good guy. Mm -hmm. He's one of those people that you look at and you're like, wow, here's a guy that's really there for you. So I wrote back and I said, bro, what's ugly is these shallow people out there who can't even judge a book by its, who judge a book by its cover, but can't even read. Now, what did I mean behind that? They judge something, but yet they make improper decisions on their own. The things they do with their life is improper and out of context. 
So how could they judge someone else if their life isn't even in order? I said, happiness will come to you, will come your way. It just takes some time. I would rather have a long time to find true happiness than rush in and regret it. You'll be all right. Now, I said that because here's a person that, you know, they're, they're in a desperate scenario. Right. They're in a desperate position to where if somebody showed them the compassion that they want to feel, which is understandable, which human being doesn't want to be loved, you know? But if they showed him the compassion that he wants to feel, even if it's temporary, he may buy into that. Well, if he buys into that, he may find himself in an unhappy situation. He may find himself five years down the road married to the wrong person. He may find himself five years down the road with kids with the wrong person. Right. So that's why I tell people, take it slow. Just relax. Because everybody's in such a fucking hurry anymore. You, for example. You're, what, 39? 40? I wish I was 39. I know. I was just fucking with you. I know you're 40. <laughs> but, you know, you're single. Yeah. Okay. Single. You have your stuff together. You're a midget, but you're attractive for a midget. And, well, not seriously. How tall are you? 5'8"? Yeah. Okay. So 5'8". So you're not as tall as men. But you have your stuff together. You're in order. Now, you're anal. You know, and I'm not talking about that kind of anal, Jeff. Stop looking <laughs> at me like that. You're anal. And you have a lot that, that's is going on in your head nonstop. Once again, book by its cover. A girl looks at you, she'll think, oh, here's this attractive old guy. And you really have a lot to offer to people. But you have that desire, you know, hey, I, I'm sick of being single. I want companionship, right? Well, you know, it, and it's not... Let's not lie. It's not sick of being single. It's, you know, when you... when you And, and I'm sure a lot of folks are in the same situation that I'm in where you lose... All your family, you're pretty much alone except yes. for your friends that you have. And the older you get, the more your friends have less time to spend with you. So you do end up feeling a little lonely as far as not necessarily just a relationship, but just in general right. um, from a day to day basis. You know, you have however many hours in a day that you're awake. And during that period of time, you fill it with busyness, such as staining your fence all weekend long, getting burnt and eaten by bugs. But then you also Did have you do that. <laughs> Obviously, yes. you have some experience in that. But then there's then there's the other time where you're still awake and you do want some companionship. So you know it it gets a little frustrating. Yes, right, and that's understandable. But would you rather have the companionship that you? urge and yearn for or would you rather have hey you know what i'm okay with being by myself because i'm not in a situation like think of your younger years when you're in a shitty ass relationship or one of your buddies are is and you're like man i'm glad i'm not in that position anymore right so jumping into it isn't necessarily something that we want to do which is that's that's why i kind of steered this person away and said you know what it'll come you'll find it and the the funny thing is you know in a situation like this we think of each other and we're all friends and and friends poke fun at each other. And they're like, oh, stop being a fucking bitch. You know, stop being a, a little crybaby or something like that. That's what we do. You know, it's poking fun. It's not meant in a derogatory sense as far as being offensive to other people. But right. we'll, we offend each other. The funny thing is, though, is that all of his friends took this very seriously. And the comments were like, bro, you're not ugly. Bro, we're, you know, you've got this going for you. Females alike. Females and males alike. They were both like, hey, you know, you're a good person. Don't worry about that. And the funny thing is, is he expected people to make fun of him. I mean, you would expect me to make fun of you, right? Right. Of course you would. Of course I would. So his response was, I really thought when I posted this post that people were going to laugh at me. I guessed wrong. I can't believe how many of you all have my back. I haven't felt this much love in a while. I appreciate everyone's comments. I have so much love and respect for each one of you. 
Like that's heartwarming to know that, hey, we impacted this person's life in a way that made him feel good, you know, made him it made him feel wanted and took that void. And that's what I'm getting at. When you judge a book by his cover, here's a person that you think, you are like, oh, everything's fine with him. But deep down, he's fighting this struggle, you know, and this is an internal struggle that he finally had the balls to, to come out and say, hey, this is what's bothering me, guys. And everybody addressed it like they should. And who knows? We may have walked this guy off the ledge or, or given him some different, you know, direction. Well, you know, and sometimes just little things like for myself, I'll, I'll be a, an example here. And this is true. I can be going through the worst day ever um, or week or month and feeling down, feeling lonely, all this kind of stuff, and just get a little bit of attention from somebody. And it changes my entire outlook and my whole demeanor will change. So this guy probably took this as like, wow, um, you know, this, this put a little little wind back in my sail, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure it did. And that's the thing is that some of us need that from time to time. I think everybody needs a little bit of encouragement and sometimes it doesn't take much and others, it takes a lot, but you know, just this little tiny bit probably changes whole guy, this guy's whole perspective. Right. And, and the same goes, there was another post on Facebook in one of my loan officer groups, And a guy was saying, have any of you ever wanted to just get out of the industry? He was new. He'd been in the industry for about a year. I called a spade a spade because I know what it was when I wanted to get out. And that somebody promised you a Ferrari. And here you are eating ramen noodles, dodging bill collectors. You're early in the industry. You're not making any money. Some dude drives a brand new Lexus or some girl drives a brand new Porsche. And you're like, what the fuck? Is this even real? You know, think about all the MLMs and everything else that you've been to. And there's a nice Rolls Royce sitting outside and they're promising you everything. And then you go in and you dedicate all this, but you have no direction. And then you have a situation where here's this person's manager still doing very well, killing it. But his men, his troops that are on the field are starving. This rolls back to Chris Robinette's uh, podcast where he said officers eat last. The same goes for leadership. You know, I made a commitment when you and I joined forces and, and decided to work with each other. Mm-hmm. The, the cream rises together. Right. You know? So as I do better, you do better. And as I make more money, so do you. The biggest thing is, is this person that was struggling to make it, that wasn't making any money and thinking about quitting his industry, was doing so because his mentors and instructors and everybody else weren't pointing him in the right direction. As a manager of a company, it is your responsibility to take people underneath your wing that are struggling and help them be successful. We're talking about people that are in situations where they may have families to feed. You know, maybe they have people they're taking care of that we don't know about. You know, there's a lot of different cases there. And it it upsets me when, like I said, someone promises them a Ferrari, but they're starving, you know, and you see that happen quite a bit. And real leaders step up and say, hey, I know you're struggling. How can I help you? And that's the thing, this whole group, they surrounded this kid, and instead of beating the hell out of him and saying, get the fuck out of the industry, you're in the way, blah, 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 they're like, how can we help you, you know? So, once again, I keep kind of getting away from the judging the book by its cover, but it actually relates back to that, because when you sit there and you think that, hey, you know what, this person's going to fail, fuck them, they're lazy. What if they just don't know the right direction? You know, or what if they need a little wind in their sail too? Exactly, exactly. I mean, I've watched you over the years, listeners that don't know Alex or that do know Alex, what he has done behind the scenes for multiple loan officers. Um, you know, in the business, you know, I was actually on his team 
uh, a while back, and he that was a good old days. He, 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 <laughs> they were, and you know, I remember I was on the verge of getting fired, yep. and I got onto your team, and you got me up to producing over a million dollars a month. Yeah, but see, that's that's caring about other people. It's showing you have talent. There's no question about it. It's showing you direction. Hey, this is how you do this. Right. It, it's 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 the whole thing where everybody says, well, how do I do this and how do I do that? And I can't do this because I don't know. Well, when you have a mentor, someone like yourself that says, hey, this is how you do it, and you follow what they say, the results come. And because you didn't judge me by my cover, I was able to bump up to a million dollars a month. Right. Well, because – you take the time to investigate, you know, and, and at the end of the day, there's no room to judge that. Whether you're black, white, green, yellow, Chinese, whatever, or you're rich, poor, tall, short, bald, full, full of hair, whatever the case may be. Yeah, don't flip me off. Whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. You know, at the end of the day, we're human beings. And at the end of the day, whatever your likes are and everything else, if you went home and played Dungeons and Dragons every day and that wasn't my thing, should you starve because of that? Because isn't my responsibility as to you as a human being, as a fellow human being, isn't my responsibility to you to make sure that you don't suffer? Isn't my responsibility to you to make sure that when you get home, you can turn a light switch on and have electricity, you can turn the water on and take a shower, you can open the fridge and pull food out to nourish yourself throughout the night? Those or are huge. The day. Yeah. They're huge because it doesn't fucking make a dick bit of difference of who you are on the outside. Now we all run into people that we don't like, you know. But if we don't like a person, should we want them to starve? You know, I should we want them to go without? No. I don't think so. You just don't have to associate if you don't want to. Right. But the other thing is now if you're working your ass off, because here's the thing, I'm gonna help you, but you better fucking put in the work. The work it takes to be successful. If you're not willing to do that, I'm not willing to help. Why should I? That's a waste of my time and my energy, my efforts that can go better with somebody else. You know, and and in my career as a branch slash state manager, I've helped three other loan officers. Two that were aspiring loan officers, one that was an active loan officer. And things didn't work out for one reason or another. It's okay. You know, people have their own direction. One person was, hey, you know what? This just isn't for me. And luckily, that was kind of early on in the game. Another person was like, man, I was really good when I did this and not so great when I came to do this. That's all. All that shit's understandable. The fact of the matter is those people allowed me to waste some of my energy, but not all of it. They did a blessing to me by saying, hey, I'm done. I can't do this. As opposed to dragging me and stringing me along for years saying, this is what I want to do. I want to do this, but I'm not willing to put in all the effort it takes to do this. A lot of people do that, right? Mm -hmm. You have people that I consider time sucks that just sit there and literally they're like fucking Dracula. Drinking your time. They're like, I want to suck your time. (laughs) (laughs) And they're sitting there just draining you and exhausting you for time with no want to grow. Once again, judging a book by its cover. You never know. You never know when you'll pick somebody up that all they want to do is be the best at whatever it is they can, and you just got to point them in the right direction. I know somebody, the one that you helped, um, and he's still doing it today, has recently got married or is getting married. I'm trying to think of who you're talking about. You can say first names. Okay, Cody. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cody. So there's there's a great example of of a human being that's gone miles and miles and miles right. by but listening Cody had to you. Drive, but he listened to you. Right, but Cody had drive. He did. So Cody's thing <laughs> was is you could say, hey, dude, stand on your head, dial this number, hang up twice, and then do a backflip, and then dial it again, and they'll answer. And that motherfucker would have done exactly. That yes, in would. that order with a hundred percent effort, I could tell you what his big goofy ass couldn't backflip, but he would make every attempt to make it possible. And that's the thing. Yes, you're absolutely right. There's a person that took. He was selling nuts and bolts. You know, I've known Cody for a long time. He was literally selling nuts and bolts, but he was doing the best he could. Right. He was the best nut and bolt seller out there. Yep. You know, he screws, he nuts, he bolts. That was his philosophy, and. <laughs> Those of you that didn't catch that, Jeff's over here dying, basically. <laughs> but so, but he did it well. You know, he made, and, and that's the thing. When we were working together in that short window of time, he's like, "Dude, my paycheck was bigger this month than it was three months combined." You know, but the thing is, is he did it all with effort. Cody was an extremist. Like he would do everything he did with 110 percent effort, and that's why he sees success. Because regardless of what the market's doing, regardless of where he works, he's always going to put 100% effort in and always be your fiercest competition. Because hard work outweighs talent a million percent of the time. Yep. Can we agree on that? Agree. I know some very talented people that don't do shit. A lot. And why don't they do anything? Sometimes because they're they, able to sometimes they waste. By. I think they waste their talent trying yeah. to figure out ways to not do stuff. You're probably right. To not I was work. one of those people. They, they, they figure out ways to do the least amount instead of doing the most amount, and it yeah. actually holds them back, and they actually they, they cheat themselves. But I was one of those people at one time. I was one of those people that like, hey, I got all this talent. I don't need any money this month, so I'm not going to close shit. I'm just going to put it on cruise control. I'm going to put my feet up. I'm not going to do anything. Here we are. And then I'd be like, oh, shit. I got to pay rent. I got to do this. I got to do that. I want to go on this trip. I need these wheels for my truck. And I would bust my ass, and I would murder Everybody at my branch, yep. you know, as far as production, you know, and then I'd go back the next month and be like, all right, we're good again. You know, I've got $700 in the bank. We're okay. And I'd coast and then that $700 would turn into seven and I'd bust it out, you know, but I didn't have the commitment that I have now, the commitment, not only for success, but lack of failure. Because I can't explain to my children and my family, hey, we don't have lights this month because daddy was a lazy motherfucker last month, you know? Or keys to give to Lincoln. Oh, my God. I don't even want to think. Like, the, my anxiety goes to the roof <laughs> thinking about keys. So, <laughs> anyways, we ran this podcast kind of long. Jeff, I know you got some things you've got to do. It sounds like it's pouring rain outside. It sounds like it's dumping. Hopefully, we it don't is. have a, it is. Hopefully, your moonroof isn't open on your, your BMW. I don't know that it is or not. I don't though. think it is. I, I'm usually pretty good about closing that stuff up. I think you did. If it is... Oh, well, I mean, we'll, we'll wipe what am it. I going to do now? We'll, we'll wipe it down. It'll be clean. <laughs> right. It'll be clean as shit. So um, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I want to thank you guys for, and girls for all your support. We are kind of moving towards looking for sponsorships and everything when it comes to the podcast. Obviously, the podcast has grown. We're now over a 1,000 listeners, each one that airs. So if you are interested in having some advertising and things like that with the podcast, please feel free to send me an email or a private message on Facebook, which is probably where you've heard this. Uh, I do want to thank everyone that tuned into last week's podcast. We look forward to another great week, great start. Get out there, do it. Don't judge the book by its cover. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Say bye, Jeff. Bye, Jeff. 
Thank you for tuning in to the AJ Nashville podcast. Episodes air Mondays at 6 and Fridays at 5. Thank you for your ongoing support. Please subscribe.